Welcome to the Mature and Multiply podcast, a production of Rosedale Network of Churches. This podcast is dedicated to telling extraordinary stories from ordinary people in the local church. Join your hosts, Kayla Breed and Delaney Yudzi, as we connect with everyday people who are engaging their community for Christ. We hope you're inspired to take action in your own sphere of influence. Welcome back to another episode of the Mature and Multiply podcast. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm here with my co-host, Delaney. And we're excited that you're joining us today, and uh, we have a special guest with us. Um, Delaney, you want to kind of introduce our our guest quickly? Yeah, today we'll be talking to Larissa Swartz, and uh, Larissa is in New York, so we are doing this interview via phone call, which is our first time doing that. So hopefully we don't have any kinks. Hopefully we can, uh, yeah, get, get the sound okay and all of that. Um, but it's going to be smooth. It's going to be smooth sailing. Yes, Yes. exactly. (laughs) Um, Larissa and I actually have a little bit of a connection, um, because her parents are the pastoral couple at London Christian Fellowship here in London, Ohio, and that's the church that I attend. So that's kind of how I found out about Larissa and what she's doing, uh, in New York. And so we thought it would be great to have her on and, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Larissa. Thanks so much. This is exciting. Yeah, we're Glad excited. We're excited to have you. Um, so, just to get us started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live now, uh, what you do for work, and maybe some hobbies, what you like to do for fun? Ooh, that's a few things. <laughs> so, I'm originally from London. I always like to introduce myself like that to people that are not from the U.S. because they assume I'm from the U.K. if I <laughs> say that I'm from London. Um, <laughs> and then I have to explain, you know, why I don't have an accent and all of that. But um, I grew up in London, lived in Dayton, Ohio for a number of years after I went to Rosedale one year and then I went to college in Dayton and then worked for International Friendship, IFI, in Dayton for about seven to ten years. And recently, last year, I moved to New York City, um, end of July, um, to transition to church quarantine work here in the city. Um, And when I moved to the city, I didn't have a job. Um, I moved, um, yeah, I moved because I felt strongly that's what God had shown me was next for my life. So I assumed he would show me how to find a job when I got here after being in full-time ministry for 10 years. And the job that I'm doing now is in marketing. The title is a client relationship manager. So I work for a tri-state area internet company called Honest Network. And I basically go around the city (laughs) um, every day or most days of the week building relationships with property management teams to promote our internet service to residents in those different apartment buildings. So I didn't know that was a thing until I moved here. And I have loved it because I feel like I get paid to go around and make friends with people in the city every week. And it's wow. pretty great. That's cool. <laughs> How long yeah. does it take you to go around the city? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know the city, New York is busy and you know, something always going on. How long does it take you to get around in, in those spaces? Right. So I could spend, I mean, it just depends on where I'm going in the city. We have properties in Manhattan, in the outer boroughs, 
in like Queens and Brooklyn. And then I have a lot in Jersey City as well. So I don't even know how much time I spend commuting. And I take all forms of transportation from, you know, obviously the subway to um, trains when I go to New Jersey and taxis. And of course, lots of walking. I probably walk about five miles a day now. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that's, that's my job. And as far as hobbies, I love to travel. Um, so every chance that I'm able to travel, I definitely take that. And I love reading books and my hammock. I love taking my hammock around and hammocking. I have it in my apartment now. I have a stand for it so that I can hammock whenever I want. And yeah. That's great. Nature, <laughs> puzzles, but I don't get time for all those hobbies most, most times. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, what, are you, what are some of your favorite books? Ooh, favorite books. I feel like I'm always exploring new books. What am I reading right now? I'm reading one about women in the early church mm. nice. um, called Tell Her Story, How Women Led, Taught, and Ministered in the Early Church. So that's what I'm currently reading. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I read a lot of just Christian books in general just to hear different people's stories um, and learn, yeah, learn how to keep growing that's in awesome. my faith. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like a great book. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know if I've ever heard the term hammocking. That's a new one for me. Really? Hammocking. You you said you hammock. I mean, maybe I have. Maybe I'm out of touch with reality. Maybe that's what happens when you live in the desert for a good portion of your life. People don't hammock in the desert because you can't put a hammock between cactus (laughs) Right. That's that's, that's interesting. Huh. That's, that's very cool. that's kind of surprising. Yeah. yeah. I I have a hammock. Yeah. The the cool trendy, you know, parachute material mm-hmm. hammock. Right. Yes. Yep. And it's, I love it's it. It's a thing. But I've just never yeah. heard of it being a thing of called hammocking. That's exciting. Oh yeah, <laughs> in college all the time people would be like, "Let's go hammocking." It was a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right. I I saw a bunch on the Roseville campus the last time I was here, so. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, learn something new. I learned something new today. That's fantastic. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, let's uh let's kind of dive in. So so we have you on today um just to kind of hear and um you know, learn more about what you're doing in the in the New York City area, specifically around church planning. Um and uh, you know, our goal for our listeners is to to have them be encouraged and hear what are some practical ways they can influence their community around them. And so, um, right. yeah, when Delaney told me about you and what you're doing in New York, I was like, yeah, let's, it's a no brainer to have you <laughs> join us. So, um, maybe just share a little bit, um, s- through some of your ministry experience and you can touch some on with, uh, kind of some of your time at IFI or, um, you know, even more recently with your involvement in New York City. Um, but how have you seen God move through these ministry experiences? Um, you know, yeah, maybe it's with a, a certain individual, <clears throat> excuse me, or a family or, or, you know, yeah. What are some of those experiences that you've seen uh, just in, in the past few years here? 
Right. That's a very broad question. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to share <laughs> so many specific stories with students that I've worked with just because of security reasons. Yes, yes. Um, but, I mean, I, I ended up working for IFI because I just saw the natural opportunity that there was with international students um, that are far from home. They're lonely. They want to learn American culture. And most are from Hindu and Muslim backgrounds, honestly, or atheist backgrounds. Um, and so there's just a lot of natural curiosity that they have. And I've been so encouraged by that over the years. It's been so much easier to have spiritual conversations with international students than it is sometimes with Americans, I feel. Um, and so that, you know, working for IFI really taught me a lot about how to navigate those conversations in a very open way um, that doesn't have to be threatening. It doesn't have to be awkward. And yeah, and that people generally actually want to learn about Jesus and what it looks like to follow him. Um, That's good. And so, yeah, I feel like that developed um, just some skills that, that I've been able to continue to use. And I've realized you know, with that, whether or not it's international students or people that we encounter in our day-to-day lives, um, we have opportunity in front of us. And if we're, if we are pursuing Jesus, and that is, you know, truly part of who we are in our lives, and we live that openly before people, there's no bait and switch tactic. There's no way they can miss what we're about. Um, and that makes it a very natural bridge to sharing the gospel with them. And they get to see it in our lives um, because as the closer people get to us, the more they will, yeah, they'll see how we structure our lives around our faith and the things that God is calling us to do and the decisions we make because we're making them by faith and not based on, you know, what society says or what's logical. Um, so they'll see the way that we treat people. They'll see the way we interact with our family. Um, so I've, I feel like, yeah, I've gotten to walk that journey with several students over the years with IFI from, you know, them being going from naturally curious to wanting to find out more um, to actually making the decision to follow Jesus. And, um, and I feel switching from, you know, full-time ministry to church planting um, was a, it was a shift in my thinking. But once I realized that God's plan A for building his kingdom was his church. Mm-hmm. It, um, that I was able to make the switch then because I was like, I want to see people. It's not just about bringing people into the kingdom. It's about parenting them and raising them to maturity in the stature of Christ, which we find in Ephesians 4. And that's how we reproduce sons and daughters who reproduce in the kingdom, in the likeness of the fathers and accurately reflecting his nature. And I realized, um, yeah, we can bring them into the kingdom, but how do we grow them? How do we raise them so that mm. they accurately reflect Christ? Yeah. And that someone can say, if I've seen Larissa, I've seen the Father. Or if I've seen this person, I've seen the Father. Mm. Um, just like Jesus said. Um, and so, yeah, it was a very natural switch um, to... To church planting and it's getting back to the core of you know making disciples 
who are able to reproduce. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's slow, hard work, and you can only do it with a few at a time. It's hard to do it with a large group, which is why I really enjoy, you know, um, you know, doing it in a house church model that naturally reproduces. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and and I wanna I wanna quickly in a in a couple minutes here kind of ask you more a lo- little bit about kind of what your church looks like, but I really love how you you put that in there of um you talked about like you know we want to make we want to bring people into a relationship with Christ we want to want them to enter into that relationship but we also like we want to see them carry that on and and grow in that relationship and be transformed in such a way that that they then are able to like you said reproduce um in others and and see that happening across and um you know i think maybe for a season or a period of time you know i'll say it this way the big c church the the bulk of our churches have been so focused on um bring people to christ bring people to christ bring bring people to christ and not that there's anything wrong with that with it's what our goal is right. but it it seems like there's been this uh it's kind of, I don't know if trending or there's kind of been this lack on helping people to grow deeper in their faith. And, um, and, and so they can have this faith that sustains, you know, through challenging times through, you know, whether it's with family or work or, or different things like that, just challenging times in life, they have this faith that sustains through that. But then also people see that faith, their faith and, and want to experience that as well. So it's almost this of, hey, let's go deeper versus wider. We want to bring as many people into the kingdom of God as we can. But but to do that, we need to have deep, strong roots in our faith, um, and know who we are, know what we stand up for. I really, really like how you said that earlier. Right. And, and really, ministry is the work of the saints, the everyday follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. not it's not simply for the pastors, the leaders, the missionaries, or the full-time ministry workers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so how do you equip the body that the body can be in dysfunction in the fullness of what it's called to be in Christ, in unity, and that every believer is engaged in the mission of Jesus to expand his kingdom? Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the body. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I mean, I grew up thinking that, you know, missionaries are sent and they go out and, you know, my responsibility is to, to, you know, become one, become who God created me to be, but just kind of go with, with life and, and live life. Um, and, and I obviously had a, a shift in my, my way of thinking, but, you know, and I and and the more and more I have conversations with others and leaders, um, it is coming back to this: How do we equip the saints? How do we equip um, right. the those sitting in the pews to live this out daily? Versus just you know going about their Monday through Saturday, they come on, show up for church, and get what they want from the service, from the the time together, and then just go about life, you know, the next right. day, and so. Um, yeah, definitely so critical that we, that we train and equip. Um, and, and I think that, that one thing that 
that comes back to is encouraging people and, and challenging people to just um, sit in that space where, where you are called to live life on mission every day um, for the sake of the kingdom. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. And right. And that's the kind of raising that often takes like a parenting approach rather than a friendship approach. Because mm-hmm. once we start approaching someone as a father, like the father does with us, you know, there's the element of, you know, challenging and training up that comes with that. And that's a bit more direct, I think, than we're ready to to often engage in because we haven't seen it modeled. Right. Yeah. And we have to emphasize discipleship too, not just evangelism, you know, because both are important. And like you're saying, you want to raise up people in the faith who are also bringing people in and um that's that's a huge multiplication effect you know like it it's it's crazy when you reach out to one person and then they have access to their entire network of family and friends and yeah the the impact is incredible yeah right yeah i like that but i think the hardest go ahead sorry no yeah you're fine go ahead thinking the hardest question that people that I've had trouble answering since I've moved here. People will ask me, how's your church? <laughs> or how's church? <laughs> yeah. And I'm always not, I'm like, what do you, what do you want to hear about this? Because I was thinking about this with your question of how have I seen God move through ministry experiences? Mm-hmm. And um, there's this, you know, we want to share stories of what God is doing, but sometimes we end up focusing so much on the numbers that we lose the transformation piece. Mm. Um, and seeing how much is this person or these people that I'm raising, how much are they transforming? How much change is actually happening? Mm. And not just how many people do I have gathered around me? Mm-hmm. I had se- several years ago, I had, um, so my wife and I for about 13 and a half years worked with, uh, aim right ministries out in Phoenix, Arizona. And, uh, working oh, yeah. with inner city youth and, you know, sharing the gospel and building relationships and, you know, being, being in, in so many involved in their lives. And, um, somebody asked me one time, they're like, how many, how many youth come to Christ on a Friday night? And like, he was wanting numbers and, and like, I was like, well, you know, I kind of like dodged the question as best <laughs> as I could because I, I knew he wasn't going to like my answer because my answer right. was zero. Like, you know, there's, it just doesn't happen that way. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. Um, and, and I think, uh, I don't think I know, at least I'll speak for me personally. Like we've been so accustomed to see, um, things happen in front of our eyes, right? Like I can go today and I can get qualified for whatever, a a credit card or, or whatever. And, and, (laughs) and I get instant access to this, line of credit or you know I go to Wendy's and if I if it takes me 10 minutes to get my food in Wendy's I'm upset right like we want it to happen mm-hmm. now um right. and a good friend of mine uh described it this way here recently it was like the kingdom of God is like a slow cooker right like a like a crock pot <laughs> right it just it has some of these things have to simmer and I'm hungry, mm. by the way, so I'm using a food analogy, <laughs> which is probably wrong. Um, but uh, you know, it just it it takes time, and and but 
you know, as that food sits in the slow roaster or the, the cooker or, or the smoker, whatever it may be, it absorbs all these flavors and you end up with this amazing tasting, you know, dish or, or whatever. And, and so it, it's a journey and, and, um, I think that's part of our podcast is helping people understand that and see that um, through stories like yours. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there are definitely moments where we see the kingdom burst through in people's lives. Like that, there's no denying that that happens. But I think the process of, you know, raising people is like, yeah, it takes time. But then once there's a level of maturity, you you do start to see things I think happen. Um, more immediately in different areas in their lives. Yeah, it's good. That's great. Cool. So uh, I had a a conversation with your parents recently, which prompted me to (laughs) reach out to you. We were, I was just asking about um, you and your siblings and your dad describes you as a people gatherer. Um, And (laughs) he said that if, if that's a spiritual gift, that that's your spiritual gift. You just, you attract people, you make them feel welcome, you are hospitable, all those things. So my question for you is, when did you realize you had this ability? Um, was it like a conscious thing? And then how have you used that to reach out to people, to further the kingdom, to make people feel welcome? Um, because, yeah, not everybody has that gift or that ability. Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool. Some people make you want to run the opposite way. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think it's really amazing, yeah, how God uses our unique, mm-hmm. yeah, like our unique personalities and the way that he's used us in his kingdom. And obviously, um, I think I do have this ability of gathering people, of making them feel welcome. And I've just realized even just the ability when I talk to people one-on-one, the things that you know, some people I like just meet randomly that the way they'll open up, I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I did anything, but they're just, they just start sharing some, you know, deeper things. I'm like, okay, I didn't expect this. But <clears throat> I think maybe in high school, I realized I had it um, when I started organizing a Bible study at my house um, for, you know, some friends from high school my softball team um and i think from you know classes and things um that you know they may have been more nominally christian but didn't know what it actually meant to follow jesus so um yeah i planned it you know and brought people together and had my dad teach (laughs) um and it was yeah it was really great and I obviously I've used that a lot with IFI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm. Um, IFI is a lot about hospitality, about you know making students feel welcome, connecting them with Americans so that they can build friendships. Um, so I did a lot of the event planning and organizing for different things in IFI over the years. Mm-hmm. Lots of events, um, lots of trips and activities. I think my favorite were planning like our spring break trips to like California and. Um, the national parks and stuff. I really enjoyed that. Um, but I've just realized like environment has, it shapes a lot um, in terms of how open people are willing to be um, just to talk about spiritual things. 
And so the way that you, yeah, the way that you plan events can shape that in a different way. Um, it can give a space for people to open up more or if you center it around um, a certain theme, but how do you really bring, you know, kingdom principles into it? Mm. Um, so I don't know. I've, those are different things I've done with it, but I feel like part of it is also just realizing that, you know, I feel like the last year, year and a half, I've just been cultivating attention and awareness to God throughout my day. And how can I attend to him throughout my day and be aware of his presence? And what is God doing in this moment? And how can I engage with him in it? Um, So even if I'm on the subway, you know, I'm trying not to like zone out or put in my headphones all the time, like a lot of people do. Um, So that and I bumped into someone I knew on the subway randomly, which I don't know how often that happens, but <laughs> it seems pretty crazy to me. Um, but I think that's something that anyone can do. I mean, I might have something in my personality that makes people naturally feel like they can open up, but we can all we can all learn how to be more aware and attentive to what God is doing around us in our day-to-day activities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that opens us up when we're available to him in those moments. It opens us up for adventure (laughs) with God um, when we're willing to, you know, surrender our schedule and, um, yeah, just be available to him. Mm. So. That's awesome. And I imagine, especially in a place like New York City, being aware and attentive is it sticks out. You know, a lot of people are, like you said, headphones right. in, on their phones, just kind of in their own little world, blocking out the world. Um, so I'm sure that you stick out in, in a crowd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, there was this crazy lady on the subway this morning. She didn't have AirPods <laughs> in. She wasn't like scrolling on her phone. She was looking at us in our <laughs> eyes. Right. We're, we're not taking that train again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. But, and you said, I mean, you said it in one word, surrender, right? Like we have to be willing to surrender our agendas throughout the day. Right. And, and, but even, I mean, if we approach life in a way of truly surrendering, surrendering to Jesus, then, you know, we're going to live each day with his agenda and, and uh, allowing um, him to uh, give us opportunities to encounter people. Um, and it's like you said earlier, people are, people are hungry for um, relationship. They're hungry for understanding. Um, I mean, right. yeah, just even with the, the current just state, and I guess culture of our country, right? Like, and that's just, that's just us here in the U S like there's so much, um, happening around us. And, um, you know, it's like, man, Larissa in the middle of New York city carries the hope of the world inside of her. She, she has you all for that. And it's like, man, and, and, you know, New York city, the state of New York is, is one that you see or hear about in the news often on a variety of different things. Right. And I'm, and, and so it's like, man, God has placed you and, you know, here's, here's one person that's surrendering herself to, um, 
be be able to be used by God on a daily basis um, in a place where, you know, if I was to say most of most most people would be like, no, not happening. Right. Like, you know, give me give me right. give me small town, you know, London, Ohio. Um, I, I'm, I'm good with it there, but don't take me to big, scary New York City. <laughs> <clears throat> so, right, yeah. and yeah, it's, God calls us each to different places, but I think that's the beautiful thing <clears throat> is that God, God knows what He's placed in us in terms of who we are that will make us come alive. I did not know that New York City would make me come alive, but God mm-hmm. knew that when He asked me to move here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're able to really see, um. Yeah, see who God is calling us to become. Not what he's calling us to do, but who he's calling us to become. And we're able to step out in faith um, with that. Then I think we see we see something new about God through our personal experience. But then we also get to see that characteristic of God come out in us mm-hmm. as we become who he wants us to become. Mm. Yeah, that's good. awesome. Yeah. Kind of on a lighter, sillier note, um, just with the <laughs> people gatherer thing and, and all of that, where's the craziest place you've made a friend? <laughs> I love this question, honestly, because <laughs> I had fun thinking about all the random people I've met in so many random places <laughs> around the world. <laughs> um, I, so, I don't know. I'll throw out a couple here for you, but one was on a flip to this but it's a bus in Europe. I was traveling from, um, I, I think, the Netherlands to Switzerland, and it stops in the middle of the night in Belgium. And this lady hops on. She's from Morocco. She sits by me. We end up having a conversation. And then she hops off, and I don't see her again. I haven't seen her since. But it was funny because she's from Casablanca, and my dad and younger brother were traveling to Niger, and they had a layover in Casablanca. And they ended up staying with her family. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a fun story. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I met a girl New Year's Eve here in New York on the subway. She's from London. My pastor's going to meet her in London this week. And that was a super one-off <laughs> yeah. connection. Um, I have another friends that I was visiting in Ecuador and we met on this teleferico that goes up the mountains in Quito. It's like mm. a teleferico. I can't think of the English word for it. Is it Anyways. like a gondola? Yeah, kind of like kinda, that. Kind of something like that, yeah. And he was getting ready to move to Sweden and we met a Swedish couple in that teleferico that he connected with when he moved and met his now wife through them. Whoa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> that's cool. That's really so cool. that's maybe a taste of the the random connections that happen in my life sometimes. Yeah. So so with your dad and brother, did they just randomly stay with that family or did they know the connection? I introduced them. Oh, yeah. okay. I was okay. you know, when I was talking to her, I was like, Oh, my family's passing through and she's like, Oh, my family would love to meet them and, you know, have them for real. Wow. You know? That's that's incredible. That's cool. Yeah, and my dad got to have, you know, a conversation about Jesus with, I think, her dad or brother, someone. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
That's cool. That's great. <laughs> hey, make yourself available in crazy places. <laughs> that's right. that's uh, <laughs> you never that's know. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. I have I I made like uh, some pretty good friends through like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I I yeah. It's, what? <laughs> hey, you got to make yourself available I wherever, so. whenever. I guess so. so. Craigslist, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy like yeah. him and his wife were going through marriage problems. Um, and, and before I left from buying this junky refrigerator that was covered in dog hair that I didn't realize <laughs> when I was going to look at it. And like before I leave, this guy's like got his head on my shoulder crying like a baby and we're praying for him like wow you just never know you never mm-hmm. know that's yeah. true um so every time i every time i would go for a craigslist purchase this was while living in phoenix i would just be <laughs> like all right god where's this gonna go and and how right. is this gonna be an opportunity to to meet somebody today so that's cool that's really cool yeah living life with god is an adventure and it's so much fun i think we miss out on a lot of that that fun adventure when we get stuck in our day-to-day schedules and um, our expectations of who God is. Mm -hmm. God has so much more he wants to show us. Yeah. Mm. So true. True. And, and you, a little bit ago, you referenced or or made a comment about like it, it took, I think this is how you said it. It took moving to New York city to, for you to come alive. You, You said it kind of something like that. And, and I, I mean, I've never met you, um, but like I can hear it. I don't, Delaney, you, I mm-hmm. hear it in your voice. Yeah. Like I hear this excitement of you just living life um, in such a way that um, you know, you know, you're, you're uh, on mission with God, and He's right there with you. You're, you're following His leading, and and I can hear it in your voice. So I just mm-hmm. want you to, 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 to know that that I can hear, we can hear, and I know the listeners will feel the same way too. So mm-hmm. that's really Absolutely. cool. Thanks, Caleb. Um, it, it took a, a, a prophetic voice to call that out in me. Yeah. Um, so otherwise I would not have, <laughs> I don't think I would have ever moved here if mm-hmm. someone had not called out what they saw in me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's, that's cool. Um, I will, yeah, kind of, kind of wrap us up here, um, with, with kind of our final question and, and, um, what would you say or, or how would you encourage um, our listeners today um, <clears throat> Sorry, to just begin engaging the community around them? Um, you know, everybody listening has uh, one or more kind of spheres of influence, whether it's in their workplace, whether it's in their church, whether it's a sports team, um, whether it's, you know, in the business that they mm-hmm. run and so how would you encourage uh, that person listening um, to, to engage that community around them? Great. Um, I think everything we do stems out of, you know, our, our relationship with Jesus in this process. So, I mean, the most natural place to start is talking to him about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's become, you know, that's my reflex now. It's like, oh, I'm having this situation at work. Okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Or how do you want me to approach this person? Um, or, yeah, just about any situation, any person, 
because I feel when, when I know, excuse me, I'm going to cough here. <clears throat> um, when I know how God wants to approach that person, it helps me better know how to navigate the relationship or know what I sh- should share or shouldn't share um, with that person or whether I just don't need to share anything. Maybe I just need to let them, you know, taste my life for a little bit before I share anything. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when we're able to better partner with what God wants to do in a person's life or in a, you know, in our work situation or whatever, then I think we see a lot more fruit rather than going in with what we think needs Mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my, probably my first thing. And then I, I would just say again, cultivating our awareness and attention mm-hmm. and availability um so and being being ready to look stupid <laughs> or silly when mm. it comes to things that god asks you to do i think we have to really learn how to get over that mm. um because especially when we're acting out of you know listening to god and hearing him the things that he asks us to do are not going to make sense a lot of times. Moving to New York did not make sense mm, right. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Right. Um, I was in a good place where I was leading a growing ministry um, and was very comfortable, had a lot of friends, had a lot of family, you know, close by. And New York is not cheap. So the things that God asks us to do also will have some financial um, costs to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and you also didn't <clears throat> have a place to move bef- or to move into when you moved. Is that right? Like you didn't have right an apartment or anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I, no job, no place to live. Yeah, I yeah. I stayed with a friend in Jersey for a couple weeks until okay. I yeah. found the place. But I, you know, I booked an apartment without having a job for an absorbent amount. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, you know, to people around you, that looks radical. That looks crazy, but you're, you're following where God is leading. And, um, even though it's, you know, difficult and maybe stressful at times, there's, there's a piece that comes with that too, you know, because you know, this is, this is where God wants me to be. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Right. And that's where our faith is when our faith is really our faith is being sure and certain of who God is. Um, and so when we're really clear on, you know, his direction for something in our lives, we're able to, you know, take, take bold actions mm-hmm. because we're confident in his word and yeah. what he's promised us and what he's shown us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're able to, you know, follow in the steps of, you know, the, heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 who were looking ahead to something that was unseen. They saw the picture. Um, they saw the bigger picture and they were able to take, you know, bold actions because of that vision that they saw and what they knew of who God was. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. So good. I'm, uh, I'm encouraged yeah. today by, <laughs> by your story and, and, you know, just like, just even that, what you were saying there at the end, just taking bold action. And, you know, um, I, I, I pray that our listeners today are, are challenged with that same, um, desire and, you know, that they're, that this, 
that the stirring begins to take place mm-hmm. and that this desire um, to to live out what God is calling us, whether that's in um, New York City or Plain City, Ohio, or, you know, prior Oklahoma, uh, you know, whatever place that is, um, there is a risk. There is a boldness that needs mm-hmm. to, to take place. And so, um, Larissa, I just want to thank you for your time and joining us today. Um, if, uh, if you liked what you heard today and, um, were encouraged, share this with your friends, share this with your family. Um, yeah. Delaney, anything else to, to close us out here? I don't think so. I just, uh, yeah, thank you so much for giving of your time and sharing your story with us. I think it'll be an encouragement to a lot of people. All right. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate what you're doing here. Awesome. We'll see you all next time. Actually, we won't see you because <laughs> you listen to us. So have a great day. <laughs> Bye. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rosedale underscore network and on Facebook at Rosedale Network of Churches. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. Thanks for listening.